0: Chapter twelve of Prince or Chauffeur a story of Newport by Lawrence Perry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Hatch shows she loves a lover. When armitage entered the servants dining-room, he found the head footman who presided in something of a quandary as to where he should place him emilia miss wellington's maid had of course lost no time in imparting to all with whom she was on terms of confidence that the new chauffeur was the same with whom her mistress had flirted on the general consequently armitage was at once the object of interest suspicion respect and jealousy but the head footman greeted him cordially enough and after shifting and rearranging seats indicated a chair near the lower end of the table which armitage accepted with a nod he was immensely interested the talk was of cricket some of the cottagers whose main object in life was aping the ways of the english had organized a cricket team and as there were not enough of them for an opposing eight they had been compelled to resort to the grooms there were weekly matches in which the hirelings invariably triumphed one of the wellington grooms an alert young cockney was the bowler and his success as well as the distinguished social station of his opponents appeared to armitage to have quite turned his pert little head there was a pretty irish chambermaid at jack's elbow whose eyes were as gray as the stones in the giant's causeway but glittering now with scorn for heretofore, Henry Phipps had been an humble worshipper. She permitted several of his condescending remarks to pass without notice, but finally, when he answered a question put by another groom with a bored monosyllable, the girl flew to the latter's defence. "Yes and no," is it? She blazed. "Henry Phipps, you're like the ass in the coloured skin—not half as proud as yer painted." a bowler ye are but ye take your hat off after the game just the same and bowl out your masters with a thank ye sir my mistake, ye groveling thing ye! really yawned henry in his rich dialect really mocked the girl i could give ye talk about a real prince none of your renslayers or van antwerps and the like had i armitage leaned forward but anything more the maid might have been tempted to say was interrupted by a footman from the superintendent's table mr dawson says you're to come to his table he said nodding to armitage who arose with real reluctance not because of any desire for intimate knowledge of the servants hall but because he had decided he could use the irish maid to the ends he had in view now that lead was closed for the time at least and he took his place at the side of the decorous butler uncheered by mr dawson's announcement that miss wellington had ordered his promotion it was very good of miss wellington he said in a perfunctory manner oh not at all replied the butler frequently the chauffeur sits at our table he shrugged his shoulders it depends upon the manner of men they are of all sorts and constantly changing armitage glanced at buchan and grinned thanks he said the butler nodded and then apropos of some thought passing through his mind he glanced tentatively at the housekeeper we'll wake up i suppose with the prince here i hope so i have never seen everybody in newport so quiet yes i imagine so replied mrs stetson several are coming the middle of the week and of course you know of the flower-ball for friday night of course said the butler who a second later belied his assumption of knowledge by muttering flower-ball eh gracious i wonder what won't mrs wellington be up to next i don't think i like prince koltsoff said miss hatch well agreed the superintendent he's a russian oh i don't care about that replied the young woman he's going to marry miss wellington and he's not the man for her he's not the man for any girl as nice as anne wellington think of it ugh so interjected the tutor dumois who had turned many a dollar supplying the newspapers with information for which they had been willing to pay liberally international alliance how interesting the latest eh no it's not the latest replied the secretary if it were i should have said nothing it's only a baseless fear but a potent one oh dumois turned ruefully to his plate he attracts her resumed the secretary that is to be seen plainly and she attracts him that is as far as it has gone that is quite far observed the tutor glancing up hopefully oh no said armitage warmly he paused and then finding every one looking at him he applied himself to his luncheon not without confusion i wish i could agree with you sighed miss hatch she is a dear girl but you don't understand girls of her class they have the queerest ideas i don't think they differ from other girls said mrs stetson it is merely that they have the actual opportunity for realizing what to other girls are mere dreams i can imagine what my daughter would have done if a foreign nobleman had paid court to her i will say this for miss wellington though she would marry her chauffeur if she took the whim armitage caught off his guard looked up quickly you don't say he exclaimed whereat every one laughed and dawson shook his head in mock seriousness at him see here young man if you make an attempt to demonstrate mrs stetson's theory ronald wellington will drive you out of the country armitage laughed well he said i'll pick vienna as they were leaving the table miss hatch caught armitage's eye she had lingered behind the rest bending over some ferns which showed signs of languishing her eyeglasses glittered humorously at armitage as he sauntered carelessly to her side it's all right mr mccall she said all right i mean the incident in the garage master ronald applied vigorously for your discharge armitage smiled i imagined he would the application was not sustained hardly at first of course mrs wellington was quite indignant then miss wellington came in and really she was a perfect fury in your behalf she made master ronald confess he had been smoking and showed quite clearly that you were right bully for her as a matter of fact i don't think it was any of my business but that chap got on my nerves he gets on all our nerves but i'm quite sure he's all right at heart it's a disagreeable age in a boy she paused and gazed steadily at armitage for a second i cannot imagine why you are here mr mccall and yet and yet i wonder she shrugged her shoulders pray don't think me rude she said and smiled but i really am hoping i can read anne wellington at times and you oh i am rude but i seem to read you like an open book armitage was looking at her curiously but obviously he was not offended she stepped towards him impulsively oh mr arm mr mccall she stopped blushing confusedly the break was too much even for armitage's presence of mind he jerked his head upward then collecting himself resumed his expression of amused interest the secretary made no attempt to dissemble her agitation i am so sorry she said but you must know now that i know whom you are never in his life had jack felt quite so ill at ease or so utterly foolish who else knows he asked lamely only one beside myself mrs wellington mrs wellington naturally said miss hatch placidly did you suppose for a moment you could successfully hide anything from her chief roberts was in the house an hour after you were employed oh a great white light illumined jack's mind he turned to the woman eagerly do you know what roberts told her why everything i imagine said miss hatch laughing everything but what armitage gestured impatiently please don't think me inquisitive but i must know it will depend upon what our loquacious chief said whether i stay here one more minute the chief was not loquacious smiled miss hatch he was quite the reverse you would have enjoyed the grilling mrs wellington gave him he was no willing witness but finally admitted you were a naval officer a son of senator armitage and that you were here to observe the actions of one of the grooms formerly in the navy whom the government thought needed watching inwardly relieved armitage grinned broadly i like that chief he said he is so secretive but mrs wellington can't be pleased at having a navy man masquerading about why hasn't she discharged me i can't imagine said miss hatch frankly unless yes i think she has taken a liking to you then for a woman of her mental processes discharging you offhand come to think of it would be the one thing she would not do i think she is interested in awaiting developments i am sure of it for she commanded me to speak to no one concerning your identity miss wellington armitage looked at the woman quickly her daughter was very particularly included in the orders mrs wellington gave armitage made no attempt to conceal the pleasure this statement gave him Then a thought occurred to him by the way he said looking at miss hatch keenly if i recall you said you could not imagine why i am here in view of all you have told me why couldn't you miss hatch turned and walked toward the door at the sill she glanced back over her shoulder and smiled significantly oh that was an introductory figure of speech she said i think-i think i can imagine then she turned and walking along the hall with armitage following she sang as though to herself in days of old when knights were bold and barons held their sway a warrior bold with spurs of gold sang merrily his lay oh what care i though death be nigh for love but armitage had disappeared oh the little more and how much it is and the little less And what whirls away. End of Chapter Twelve.